1: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We're starting fast. We got MegaZoo, we got Big E, and we got the reindeer coming to you live. It's gonna be a fun one, I think, today. First of all, Megan, back on the podcast. It's been a long week for you.
2: Did you remember MegaZoo was a real childhood nickname? I did, yes. That's awesome.
1: I forget a lot of things, but I remember. A no, few that's things.
2: awesome. It's so good to be back. I've missed talking hockey with you guys. I can't wait. I'm not gonna do that again. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs>
1: Well, you get to talk it all out. Now uh, we got lots of lots of things to talk about. Obviously, the A's home opener, but a bunch of practice stuff too. Uh, let's let's just start with maybe the negative. I guess maybe you already knew this. I don't know. Pavel Francis doesn't seem like the diagnosis is great.
2: <laughs> no, and that was sort of right—the behind-the-scenes sense that we got. Oh. So it didn't necessarily come as a surprise to hear that born from optional practice today i was not there so that is the reporting of other media that was there i think ryan bolding might have asked the question um and so still a lot of uncertainty in that answer it was a bit waffly but not the kind that instills any confidence that a return is something you could realistically expect for pavel franco's
1: for what it's worth, he is around the team at least. Yes,
2: so there was another question among media when he wasn't called out, when they announced the team and Landeskog and McDermott came down the tunnel to wave, why not Pavel he, Pavel Ferenczos, he was in the arena, said hi to media, so I'm not sure if it was just an oversight in announcing the team for the year, but he was around at least and seemed to be in good spirits.
1: Maybe you missed the assignment. You know <laughs> what I mean? Maybe he was flying
2: directly in and like the timing and <laughs> it, it just didn't pan yeah. out.
1: He has been seen. He has yes. been
2: spotted. Proof <laughs> of life, Pablo François. Hey, official.
1: when you're getting older, you're goalie and the hips
0: and, you know, the, the stomach, whatever the area is, it is what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, at some point, you hope that, you know, he has a chance to come back at some point, right? And then, but your body tells you once you're that age, your body tells you what's up. If it wants to or it doesn't want to, especially with that position and Butterfly and all that stuff. So
1: so uh, let me ask you this then with the clear uncertainty around francois's return. The Avs goalie depth is essentially organized now. They did get Miner back to the ECHL. You have Holman and then down with the Eagles. What is that expectation going forward? Is it, hey, we'll call up then if there's a backup role needed? Is Prozvatov just the backup now? Where do you think they're at?
2: That's where I've landed with it for right now, at least. I don't doubt that as the year progresses, maybe they are waiting to see if there's an, uh, another option that they're more comfortable with down the line. But in the meantime, I think Yusuf Sanunen made them have to make a difficult decision and because he had such a good preseason yep. and camp. And so I think because of the waiver flexibility, that would be the case then if there was a night that Kyrgya wanted Arrest.
1: Plan ahead a little bit. Just yeah. to have
2: Anunin come up. They okay. carried three goaltenders on that road trip, so I'm convinced <laughs> it's something that they're willing to do at this point. Yep. So that would be my guess. I think Anunin has earned that right at least. And
0: right. then he gets those games this weekend and then you know what I mean? I, and th-
2: I could see him starting both for the Eagles. Oh, I think they want yeah. to give him now 100%. more consistent starts. You know, it used to be split like with Jonas Johansson, but yeah. I think they're gonna let Usis really ride as the true number one in Loveland.
1: Well, the uh, the first couple games of the year for the Eagles didn't inspire confidence in other no. goaltenders. So.
2: It was an interesting thing, too. I'm sure we could do a, a quick Eagles thing yeah, later in the definitely. show, too, because it's their home opener tonight. Very exciting, um, and I don't think... The result that they had on the road is anything to panic about. Even the way Schneekloth talked about it sounded so experimental. And (laughs) without any sort of panic, there was a very calm intention in what he was doing in those first two games. So I'm excited for tonight because I think that they've narrowed down their roster. And it's competitive still at both forward and D. Oh,
1: those D spots do not come free right now. No, yeah. there's good defenders
2: <laughs> sitting out of games right now. Yep. And even in their forward group, I think they're still trying to figure out chemistry fits, but there are even some forwards that we haven't seen play a game yet. So a lot of things to still look forward to with the Eagles.
1: Yeah. I, I think it will be interesting how that shapes out this year. Obviously, abs hoping to use it less than they did last year as far as, as far as call ups are concerned, but you're already starting to have conversations of, hey, you know, did they get Peter Hall into contracts? Uh, what happens next? Is is someone like Jean-Luc Foody gonna get healthy and back into the lineup? Right, like,
2: Kiviranta should join the group yep. now. That's a guy they did like in camp, just, you know, they just didn't have enough contracts that they could freely hand out.
1: Yep, it's uh, it's gonna be tight down there this year, to say the least, we'll put it that way. Eric, you do you play in the HO? Yes, I loved it. Yep. Yeah. no, my uh, first year of pro played the whole year down there. That sounds like a guy trying to convince himself he liked bus rides. No, actually, planes. Like. I
0: played in the, uh, it, back then it was in the um, uh, Maritimes division. so uh, yeah, so you, that,
1: you didn't have too much ridiculous travel. No, we, I, yeah. well,
0: well, I was in Newfoundland, so you okay. the only way to get there is by uh, ferry. So, I mean, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we didn't take the bus, so we flew everywhere. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome because you had Halifax, PEI. Uh, Cape Breton, Moncton, Fredericton, and then us. It was awesome division because yeah. you had to fly to Halifax, you know, for every flight, and they had the nicest, freshest lobster right there at the gate. <laughs> you could buy that, and we bring them home live lobsters. It was awesome.
2: That's amazing.
0: And yeah. it was so fun. And I loved the American League. I thought it was awesome. And and nobody brought their cars there. Sure. Well, first of all, yeah, I mean, it's your first year pro. A lot of guys didn't have cars, but. Quick story on that We, we would uh, This guy would sell us Every year And it lasted for a dozen years Chevy Chevette's He would sell them to us For a thousand bucks And then two of us Would buy them together And then mm-hmm. he would buy it back For five hundred bucks At the end of the year <laughs> and it was the craziest thing. And uh, they were just those Chevy Chevettes in the snow. I don't know if you've ever driven a Chevy. No. It doesn't work I don't the know it the snow. And, like and it snows yeah. over there. I don't know if you've ever seen well, that. I it snows see, over there. Yeah. <laughs> but you would be at the red light like on a Saturday morning, whatever, on a day off, and then all of a sudden you'd be like boom, somebody would run into you and you're like, What the hell's going on? Look behind it and be like, I don't know, one of your D's on your team Stop. waving at you, like, "Hey!" <laughs> so we we cars. roller derby around town oh with Chevette's. God. It was so fun. I love the American League. It was the greatest.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. That's incredible.
0: No, I was there. Yeah, and then my next year, I was there maybe half a year. So played like a year and a half. I I, I think it's so crucial. Uh, this is excellent. Was. Yeah, yeah what what you go, Chevy, Chevy Chevette's.
1: Yes, it, it looks looks was so fun, like a lotta almost.
0: Yeah. But they're not good in the snow. I believe it. <laughs> <that. laughs> I believe that just by looking at it. It was so fun. It was fun. But the American League, you, you get, you, you know, you're so tight. Guys are usually younger, and you know, you spend a lot of time that delayed flights at the airports. And like I said, yeah. it's it's different. It's fun. Um, I think it's important for the development of a lot of guys. And I'm a big American AHL guy. So I, unless you're, a, you know, I call that. What do you call them, silver spoons? You know what I mean, like first rounders, and you yeah. know what I mean. They get, you know, I, I think you need to get down there and learn to be a pro, learn to uh, to be a teammate. Even Most first rounders. Like, no, I know. It, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, yeah, unless you're like top five pick yeah. or something. So we used to give it to guys like Dan Marsh back then that he was a silver spooner. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Even yeah, some of us. You know, Even Miko went down. down. Went down. Yeah, yeah. I think it's calculate. huge. I think it's awesome. I think it's absolutely awesome to, to go in the American League and play and learn. You know. Learning, as we saw last night for some guys for the Blackhawks, it's learning on the on the go in the NHL is tough. It's mm-hmm. a tough league. It's not mm-hmm. forgiven. Well, especially so.
2: if the physical maturity isn't there yet. Yeah. That's like, right. You kind of want a stage where it is a little bit like Greg Cronin described it as a lab down there. It There's is. just a lot of experimenting that's going on. That's it in the name of development, and it's yep. helpful to have a little less pressure on that stage yeah. t- to work out the mistakes, make those mistakes.
1: So we got scientist sneaks down there? Scientist yeah. so now that's magnified, he's conducting
2: right? an experiment <laughs> in his laboratory.
1: Less no. magnified,
0: your mistakes, you know what I mean? So it's easy, it's, it's just easier. It's expected, yeah. too. Like yeah.
2: That was sort of Schneekloff's yeah. attitude, is I'm less worried about what the Griffins are doing this weekend, yeah. actually, and I'm just focused on the Eagles. Yep. And it it's almost like... We don't even I'm sure they pre-scouted it. I'm sure they watched film at Jared Bednar, but <laughs> it was more so he's just focused on what his group's doing. And I, yeah. I think that's excellent.
1: Well, I know you talked to one of the uh, successful AHL experiments of recent times in Logan O'Connor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's his secret sauce to being a penalty kill magician?
2: <laughs> just being the most magnificent teammate and professional <laughs> possible. No, is he,
0: is he a good guy, right? <laughs> Let me tell you about Logan O'Connor. Megan thinks he's a good guy.
2: Just one of the nicest guys in the room. Go, Product of DU, character. But truly, like this is Andrew Cagliano's words of Logan O'Connor. That is the guy that you win with. And it comes down to the hard work that he puts in. Even Jared Bednar talking about it last night. Because there was sort of this cheeky acknowledgement that a lot of Logan O'Connor's scoring comes at the beginning of the year and then sometimes tapers off as the year goes on. But he's obviously so much more than that. And I think that each year he takes so much ownership of everything he does in his individual game, but seeing him talking to Ivan Ivan about the penalty kill, bringing him over to the whiteboard and showing him the Avs penalty kill, giving him hands-on teaching, and then hearing Bednar talk about the success of the PK has been Andrew Cogliano and Logan O'Connor taking ownership of it and sort of leading by example how it's supposed to be executed. Because even in recent seasons, last year, the start of it, Logan O'Connor's a returning player, and the penalty kill is struggling a bit. And I think the difference is him maturing as a player, he was already mature. He's just taking more ownership of how his voice can lead in that room. And in this case, it's leading through what he is providing to the team, especially. Like, he's not going to be the scoring threat Come game 82. Actually, I don't want to limit him. Maybe he will be, (laughs) but he is going to be the penalty kill specialist by game 82. He's going to continue to be that. And it's his consistency that allows him to have the success that he does and his work ethic. And it's contagious and necessary. If you want to fit in, in Colorado.
0: Yep. He knows his role and, and he does it perfectly. And I remember talking to him a few years back and in a different setting, not even at the rink and, I, was, I walked away from there. I'm like, you know what? He knows what he wants. I think he knows what he is, and I think he'll deliver it. And he's been delivering that. And I think knowing what you are is the most important thing. You know what I mean? There's no identity crisis with him. He knows exactly what he is. Yeah. He knows exactly what he brings. And then whenever he, you know, steps out of it, I think his game suffers a little bit. You know what I mean? I think last year he was put in situations where that's not what he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and again, I go back to my line again and I'll, I'll just say it again. So Tiff can be happy about it, but you know, when a rusher tries to become a, cr- I mean, when a crusher tries to become a rusher, mm-hmm. he <laughs> often becomes an usher. Right. And that's, he gets it. He gets it. And, and, and that's his style of play. And that's what he needs to do. And I thought it was awesome what he did, uh to Cogliano and, and I'm glad you think he's he's a nice guy because he is, you know?
1: Um, yeah, great dude. Uh, <laughs> really good at scoring shorthanded goals so far this awesome. year. So
2: I love that too because it's a willingness to be more than maybe is necessary at five on five when the moment calls for it. And he really steps up in those moments even though throughout regular gameplay that might not be the guy that he is. He seizes the opportunity when it comes and I can sure. really appreciate that. And I think he's figuring up that just simply wristing it is the move to do. <laughs> no back no backhand. No <laughs> backhand.
1: Uh, uh, fun fact here. LOC has more shorthanded goals than nine teams in the NHL have power play goals right now. So
0: I just, heard you say that
1: on your... Yeah, just your, wanted to reiterate that one because that's a... No, but when you said that, I ridiculous was like, wow, that's stat. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much early season weirdness with yeah. statistics there. But still... LOC, taking care of his business right there. Uh, continuing down kind of this avalanche locker room, you had the chance to be in it on opening night. You were there for uh, Morning Skate as well. They're 4-0. Does it feel like they're 4-0 when you're talking to them?
2: No, particularly looking at Morning Skate. Because okay. in the post game there were definitely happy players in the sure. room. And I caught wind of a different... Game win song, um, oh. but I, I had no idea what it was. So I feel like I need to Shazam it yeah. and get there quick
1: because
2: <laughs> <with> <laughs> they cut the music when media comes, so yeah. you don't get a lot of opportunity. So it sounded different, even in its tone, though it wasn't a hype song. It was a little bit slower, um, but still happy. So, anyways, I don't know if that captures the mood a little bit yeah. because that was it's the, the party mood. in USA. It's
1: it should be that it would should. be yeah. such a good win song. <laughs> That's a great win song.
2: <laughs> it. Uh, at Morning Skate though, it was very businesslike. Yeah. I loved Nathan McKinnon's take that it's just game four. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that is to dunk on the home crowd enjoying it mm-hmm. as the home opener because it has significance to For sure. everyone in ball arena. But to the team, it's just another game yep. to win and to, to do their best and to improve. Because there was a dissatisfaction from, I talked to LOC, Cogs, and McKinnon and Macar, yep. and, there was a dissatisfaction that there were things to improve on from the 3-0 road trip coming yep. into the home opener. And so I think that captures the attitude around the room. It's very serious. And Tatar actually post-game kind of acknowledged like everybody here takes things very seriously, but it is also fun playing hockey the way that Colorado likes to play hockey. Yep. There's still fun being had, but it is in being really good at what they do is how they have fun.
1: You know what's fun? Winning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: <know. laughs>
0: You can't be the most miserable team if you're like a first place team, right? Yeah, you gotta have some fun. You, you and can't hate yourself it, if no, you're there. No, it goes hand in hand. It's important. I think atmosphere is huge. And I think people bring different atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. When got Ryan Reeves for one. Yeah, toughness. But it's also, he's a he's a persona. He's something. And he's like a character in the locker room. And, and I think that the Avs do have a good mix. You know what I mean? They got the guys that are... A little more serious and they get a little more funny and you know what I mean? And I think it's important to have a little bit of mix and yeah, for sure. Keep it in perspective.
1: Yep. You need a little bit of crazy McKinnon ultra focus and you need a sure. little bit of Miko upbeat chilling. Hey, hey. <laughs> <You know. laughs> it takes both to build a hockey team. That's right. Uh it also takes snarfs to build one of the best sandwiches oh. around. You can go over to a couple of different snarf locations here in Denver. I know Megan's a big fan going I to DU, Snurfs. so she's she's had the inside line on Snarfs long before <laughs> they were even a sponsor. Uh, Eric regularly brings us Snarfs yeah, now. Because love Snarfs. He's a Snarfs fan. Uh, you can get over there. Even if you like burgers, there's a couple of different Snarfs burger joints too now, so go check them out. If you haven't had the opportunity, they have fresh ingredients every single day. Uh, super awesome. Can't beat it, honestly. Their bread might be the best part of their sandwiches, which mm-hmm. they bake themselves. Uh so it's it's all elite tier sandwich making stuff. What do you like deli meat? I don't what do you call sandwich materials? Because it's more than just meat.
2: No, you're right. They have a lot of toppings. Yes. Yeah. the best Yeah, to put
1: toppings put it, is that, that are
2: broader, broader yeah. than just lettuce, tomato,
0: cheese. Yep. Tiff likes all toppings but no mustard. That's fair. I'm Not like a
2: mustard, mustard fan. No mustard. Do you like vinegar? Yeah.
1: Okay. We're fighting. Mm. Yeah. I like honey best. mustard. I like. You know, honey mustard. Like d- yeah. uh, let me g-on. guess, mustard's not a topping.
0: I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> you <laughs> You're too used to talking to me about food. AJ <laughs> <Yes. laughs> hey, well, hey, 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 mustard's not a topping. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Either way, make sure you hit up Snarfs today. Grab yourself a sandwich and support Snarfs' gift a meal program on the Snarfs app, which you can download today. And when you use code DNVR with the Snarfs app, you can get a buy one, get one seven inch sandwich. Uh, also brought to you by the folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can go over there and use code DNVR when you sign up, and you will get two hundred dollars in bonus bets when you bet five dollars or more on the NFL. Uh, it Seems like three dollars to bet against the Broncos right now. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I don't know. It's you know, I'm I'm not a big football fan, but sometimes you just got to do uh, what the obvious bet is with. When it comes to DraftKings Sportsbook, get over there. Have some little fun with it. They are also giving every single customer an advantage of a sweetener offer every game a day this October. So there's tons of different bets you can get in on with those bonus bets. Be sure to sign up with the code DNVR when you do to get those $200 in bonus bets, and then you can go bet on whatever you want. You want to bet on the Avs? Go off. Do it. You want to bet on not the Avs? I don't know. Who else would you bet on in the NHL? Because there's four undefeated teams still. Vegas is still undefeated. Boston is still undefeated. Uh, Islanders, right? Are they? I don't know. Yeah, I think I, they're like. I'll take your word for it. I wouldn't bet on the Islanders just to spite one. Each one. Either. They only had a couple games played though. Either way, get over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you must be twenty-one or older. If you have a gambling problem, call one 800 gambler or visit www1800 gamblernet in New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, LA. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftKings.com football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources second period of the dnvr <laughs> avalanche podcast uh, i want to have a little bit of a conversation about this here because we've seen yes the azur forno great awesome they've done that while not being afraid to tinker with their lineup a little bit particularly on the forward side uh, megan we were talking a little bit about it before the show jonathan druin Kind of switch spots during the game last night. It worked out certainly for Tatar with McKinnon. Druin also had a goal taken away. Well, it was Wood's goal, but Druin set up Wood for the for a goal that was taken away. Is there a level of stability there? Do you think this is something the Avs want to continue doing going forward, like with Tatar on the top line, or do you expect to see more tinkering against Carolina tomorrow night and going forward?
2: Well, I think we'll see more tinkering. I don't know if it'll happen as soon as Carolina because I think he'll want a bigger sample size of Tatar on the top line before he starts shuffling things a bit more. But he is Bednar, that is, in search of something kind of specific. Obviously, production is sort of at the forefront of this. But in looking at the strengths of the entirety of the forward group, and Bednar has talked a lot about wanting balance and wanting to spread the wealth in how the forward group comes together. And I think this year's look altogether in looking at the new additions especially has wanted them to be a little bit stronger. And I look at the depth of the 2022 Cup run and what made some of the third and fourth lines so difficult to play against is what has been brought about in players like Arturi and Valny Chushkin. And it's one reason why they're so valuable to the top six and why I think he'd like for them to play away from another, if possible, first and foremost, to promote one of those two because yeah. they're very good players. They're bought into how Colorado wants to play, and they lead by example. and And then looking at how this has sort of been spread throughout the lineup, I think he wants that type of willingness to retrieve pucks, be hard in puck battles, because I think so much of how they want their identity to look is going to play out inches from the boards. They want the Miles Wood, who is going to punish guys in the dangerous area just to, to retrieve pucks. And I think that's going to sustain better possession in the offensive zone. That's going to allow for the playmaking to happen because they've established themselves. And that's then where the skill upside of a Tatar can come into play on a specific line. A Druan, that's where their strengths are going to be as players. But it has to be spread out a little bit. Yeah, And as it stands, Tatar's skill upside has been playing middle top six roles. That's sort of been true of even where he's coming from last year. Yep. So he sort of earned this look. And there was a happiness in Tatar post game that he finally got this chance. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to make excuses for Juwan specifically, but I don't even view it so much as a demotion. But let's see if we can get these guys to play to their strengths by refreshing things just a little bit. And I think that's a strength of... The forward group on the whole, that I think tinkering will happen throughout the season because there's a lot of similarities in how he wants each line to play. Obviously, the output's going to look a little, a little different, like the top line's definitely going to score more than the fourth line. Yeah. But these demands and what he's looking for on the whole within each line are going to be kind of similar. I look at it like a pyramid. And so, for that reason, I think the blendar is going <laughs> to remain pretty <laughs> true <laughs> through much of this season like it. because. He wants to play to everyone's strengths. He wants to spread the wealth around. And that's why I think Tatar, who has skill upside that I think is maybe more conventional, just needed a refresh. Because it just wasn't quite clicking yet with Wooden and Colton. And then we see the immediate success with Duran there, that that creativity that he brings might be just what a Wood and a Colton need to step outside the box a little bit. Like, I noticed them striving for tip-in goals then after that moment, almost as if in search of the one that God called back. And not just that line, everybody. There was so much more traffic at the net front that I think it, it gave them a little bit of a boost even though it got taken back. I know that was a really long-winded answer, but <laughs> I think the takeaway is their strength as a team right now is they can afford to move guys around at will because they're very versatile and they each have different strengths, and there's a lot of new additions, so it's worth giving everybody a fair look.
0: And, and to add to that, not because it was short, but I'm kidding. Did um, I blend now? I'm kidding. No, but if you listened to him yesterday morning, um, he was talking about uh, how they viewed, for example, Seattle as a slimy, greasy. T- you know, and he's okay. Now we're going to put Val or uh, uh, Lecky, right? And then so so tomorrow you got Carolina coming in. I don't know how the the coaching staff of the Abs view Carolina. I mean, I mean, we might view it at a different way that they view it, but maybe he views them as a as a greasy team as well. I think they're gonna lock it down tomorrow. By the way, Carolina, it's been a track meet every game they played in right now. But you know, maybe does he go back to, you know, I don't know. Maybe he goes back to the the Val or or Lecky on the first line then, because he knows it works. Like he said, yes, he goes. I know that works. You know what I mean? But it's nice to see all the other combos. But I think I saw something yesterday in McKinnon when he, you know, I, I know I'm not reading too much into it, but you know some people's reactions. And he looks at the tar and he's like, you know, hey, it's a 4 nothing goal. Yep. It's not, you know, and he, and he points out and he's like, oh, well, well, I like that. You gave me the puck. I like that. I, I like him. You know what I mean? And so that's just a little thing I saw. I'm not saying that that's what he meant. I might be reading way too much into it. But like you just said. There's a lot of
1: options and it's awesome. It's a great problem. To to continue the blender analogy a little bit, when you look at that blender, it's got titanium blades that are <laughs> McKinnon and Rantanin, And then I would even throw Nichushkin into that pile as well and maybe even Lekkonen. And so you have these four pieces in your top six that it's, hey, you can rely on these guys. You can put these guys with anyone. Right. And then it's filling out those other pieces is where the blending really comes together. And, you know, obviously you can separate Mac and Mikko, you can put them together, you can do a million different things. Yeah. But that's the unique properties of a blender, I guess. <laughs> the answer to will it blend for the abs is almost always yes, because of those core pieces.
0: Well, it's, a, it's a little different than January last year when it was really dry in that blender. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't was a lot of ingredients dry. in there. It was dry. You were blending like bananas, and yeah. there was nothing else, right? <laughs> I mean, Raw like, bananas. Like, oh, right. ingredients yeah, great, that didn't complement yeah. one yeah. another. Nope. <laughs> yeah. just like, right,
2: because you ran out of that one thing, so you had to call up that other thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. and again, no, no offense <laughs> to the guys, some guys were not ready for that. They weren't no. ready, just like you saw some guys yesterday in the, in the Blackhawks, not ready for that league. You yep. know what I mean? Like some good. I'm not talking about Bedard. I'm talking about Kurchinsky. other guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, guys like that, which would benefit from. Having a chevette in the minors and <laughs> spending a little bit of time now on that, know, Shavette know, Shavette the female show. The these and days want your a chevette. Yeah, <laughs> <When> I'm old. <laughs> uh, I
1: I did want to talk about this though, and and the potential for Colorado to improve. Megan, you're talking about it. They feel like there's a lot of things they can improve on. Where do you start with Colorado at four and and0 How do you get better from here?
2: It's. Interesting because the way the games have been won have been a little bit different from each other. So talking about versatility again, they had to find slightly different ways to win, but it came down to the parts of their game that weren't at its best came down to execution. And I think that's a matter of time timing and players getting more acquainted with one another because it would be things honestly too, like the Avs other than Seattle, their greatest enemy in a game was themselves and it was execution you know when passes weren't connecting and reads just were not correct or not the best available option that's who they were hurting they were just kind of shooting themselves in the foot and it wasn't something they couldn't come back from because the stars at the top of it all who've been familiar with the way that colorado wants to play (laughs) paper over it so this isn't me coming down hard on them critically it's an execution thing but Seattle is an interesting game to refer back to because they have figured out where Colorado's strength is as a team, and this is something they're going to want to be cognizant of because the league is also going to be aware of this. They had a Seattle playoff series to also look at how this style of shutting Colorado down is pretty effective, at least now through that series and the Seattle game, Yeah, and it's stopping their speed in the middle of the ice. And so that is one area of Colorado that I think the way to improve upon that is it goes back to spreading the wealth around because the way to slow down Colorado in the middle of the ice is to target its star players that lead with speed on the rush and you usually then see players like McKinnon and Rantanen with two guys eyes on them at any point and that's where it's important then to have players like Logan O'Connor step up to the plate and that's why execution even relating it back to Chicago or Chicago and Chicago mm-hmm. Seattle is going to be important And it's why it's important for them to get acquainted with each other and probably also playing alongside different guys because inevitably it's going to happen at different points this season too out of necessity. And they just need to kind of get acquainted with that still. I think they're just going through some growing pains a little bit still. And I think it's going to only improve from here though because the stars at the top are still really carrying this team.
0: And they're able to – like you said, play differently too. Play greasy, and and I do. I do, I do believe Seattle plays the Avs the best around the league. I'm talking about taking time and space. And, and it's one thing to say we're going to take time and space away from Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid. Yeah, good luck. I mean, it's not that easy. It's not that those guys are going to get their chances. But I do believe Seattle is the best team in the league to 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 take that space away from the Avs. You know, I do believe Vegas does a good job too. Yeah, um, they've always done a good job. Line to blue line, the blue line. Brayden McNabb, I love him. Blue line, blue line. He's outstanding. Cool. Uh, but I, I just like the way that the fact that they're they're finding ways to to win. You know what I mean? Whether it's oh, yeah. goaltending, whether it's shorthanded goals. Uh, I love that. And every detail matters. And it is early in the season, and 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 they're gonna experiment with things. And and I know Joe Joey on the chat was asking about family sports. Every detail matters. And what they're doing at Family Sports, yeah, they're still practicing at Family Sports, but they're getting new boards. Should be ready, actually. I didn't even look at it today, but same boards as Pepsi Center. Uh, sorry, Ballerina. I'm old. <laughs> Remember, I just had it. They probably were Pepsi
1: Center yeah, boards. Yeah, no, no, at no. One. Those are brand
0: new boards, <laughs> uh, brand new boards that give, you know, the glass. that's got It's got that spring, and it's exactly the same boards as ballerina. Small detail, but when you're working on stuff, yeah. it does matter. It does matter when you're working on dump-ins or, you know, all that kind of stuff, and and just to feel, so I think I think everybody's pretty excited about the new boards. It comes <laughs> down to about it's a little detail, but it does yeah. matter. So yeah, the ads are still at Family Sports, and um, you know obviously they're being, they're gone next week and they were gone last week, but they took that week to put the new boards in and should be ready to go
1: by today. So
2: it's actually good timing.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think <laughs> they timed it that way, right? So the quick little stop at home and then yep. go again. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I I do think it's interesting. Eric, how much actual counterplay like that goes on in the regular season? I know, obviously, in a playoff series, you have seven games a day against a team. You really get down into those micro. They like to do this. How do we stop that specifically? But you're rolling into a game against Carolina tomorrow. Is it very broad stroke, this is what they like to do, or are there certain things you're really trying to focus on stopping?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, those guys coaching staff, like – it is a it is a tough job in the NHL. No, I if people that. think yeah. that, oh I'll be an assistant coach and push pucks in the corner, hmm. it's not. I mean they get there early in the morning. They they they're late at night. Uh, you know they they, they they win and then the next thing you know they're, they're already focusing on the next opponent. And then you play three games in four nights, three different time zones, plane rides, hotel rooms. Like those guys with Brett though, as uh, in the video room, they do an unbelievable job, and and, and they'll get that team ready especially against Eastern teams. Yeah, you don't see them a lot. Right. Uh, so Carolina tomorrow, they'll get them ready. Uh, but the one thing I think will always come back uh, with this coaching staff, you know, which is, you know, Bedsy and, and Ray Bennett and, and Nolan Pratt, I'm, let's worry about what we do, right? It's what we do. When you're mm-hmm. the best team in the league, for me, they are the best team in the league, you want to know the tendencies of the other team, but you also want to play your game. You don't want to change things where you're just so th- – of their methodical thinking of something. You want to play your game, let them adjust to you. Let them adjust to you, to how you play, and I think it's more important.
1: On that topic of, of letting them adjust to you, how do you prevent what has happened with Bowen and Byram so far this season? I'm not saying he's been terrible, but dude's taken too many penalties. I think that's just a reality of, of his game through four games so far this year how do you get him to take that next step of, of removing those penalties from his game this year
0: well I mean uh, sometimes he might go another 15 games without even taking a penalty you know what I mean I, I I agree with you it's just been so you it, think it just naturally will progress I, I think it will but okay. and plus I think you know he'll he'll watch a little video maybe his game's off a little bit you know sure. what I mean? and he, uh, you know I heard a coach this morning um, man who was it? I don't remember. Well, again, it was early this morning. I like, <laughs> you it didn't to the radio. sleep much. You it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't much a coach in town here. I'm talking about around the league and say, you know, saying like, yeah, I mean, it's it's only four games, and a lot of our guys haven't found their games yet. you know. So Bo might fall in that category so far. Maybe he hasn't found his legs his game yet um, through four games. Um, do I believe in Bo Bar? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to be outstanding? Yeah, and he might go another 15, 16 games without taking a penalty. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes it's... He knows he took a couple bad ones, uh, and it usually doesn't. You know what I mean? So it's not something that's of his character. Um, but, you know, the good thing is it didn't cost the abs anything, right? Yeah, you know what it, I mean? Obviously it, it, they're 4-0. Oh, so that's right. And, and that, that's what you do. You you pick up each other. You know what I mean? And maybe it's talked in the room sometimes, hey, Megan, stop taking penalties. Mm. You know what I mean? And then let's, we're going to kill it, but you are going to stop, right? <laughs> um, and, and the pressure from your peers sometimes is a little bit even more stronger than the pressure from your coaches and uh, I'm talking about peer pressure. It's very, very big in a locker room, um, and especially in a championship culture. Uh, but I do believe Bo's going to be fine. He just needs to, you know, dig deeper a little bit on his game right now. And then all of a sudden you make a big play, and the you feel good about yourself. Yeah, bit. yeah. And yeah. it's like a goal scorer that doesn't score. You know, it's just like, oh, my God. I, you saw Tage Thompson last night in Buffalo. I hasn't scored a goal. Then he scores. <laughs> you think it's like, he's like, you know what i mean like the pressure the pressure is high when you you get paid a lot of money you get paid to produce so for guys like that it's very important uh when it comes down to game plan and or board everything you can do all you want you can be all prepared but if the execution isn't there it's tough you know what i mean so execution is huge uh, you could have the best game plan in the world and you're all ready for the game and you go out there and you can't make a two foot pass then everything goes down the drain right and that's where i think the avalanche have been awesome is they're one of the best teams at executing, you know, uh, not only game plans, but plays on the ice, simple plays. Yep.
2: Sometimes with Byram, I wonder if looking ahead at the full runway of a potential healthy season where he can play 82 or close <laughs> to it, if there's some pressure that he's putting on himself that has sort of he, – he needs to just get right a little bit mentally because I even think – the penalties some of which i would probably scrub from his record because i think the calls were a little bit flimsy and sure. so i think that is also a recency bias like i don't think this is going to be bull byram all year i think that he's also shaking off a little bit of rust and trying mm-hmm. to step into the player that he knows he is but needs to realize in actuality now because we haven't even seen the strengths of his game yet and i think that the penalties have sort of taken from that. It's almost acted as a distraction and he might even be gripping his stick a little too tightly because he's in this cycle of wanting to be that guy right now. And it, it's just a matter, I think, of reevaluating what that pressure should look like, channeling it into something productive and just, you know, cause you look at the ways when the penalties happen and it's, there are little things that he could clean up, but it's also almost out of desperation, right? Like getting the stick out a little bit too much and Those are the kinds of things that he can't clean up. He's a smart player. And the (laughs) offensive side of his game, that is his strength. We haven't even seen it yet. So I think it's still to come. And he just needs to get right a little bit mentally. And I think that he can. I'm not worried about it.
1: (laughs) Is there a world, and look, I get it. No NHL team ever wants to take a penalty. You never want to put yourself shorthanded. But is there a world where Colorado, perfect on the penalty kill, and then some so far through this season... When someone does take a penalty, do they feel pretty good about it? <laughs> yeah.
2: I would want to ask Georgiev that question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's the one doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> he,
2: he really has, and and they've been so good in front of him. But, like, not – you know, there have been some penalty kills, though, that Georgiev was the reason lot, yeah. it remained successful. So I have to imagine it's good for their confidence, though, and that's something yeah. that just builds after – a successful penalty kill into the other, but I don't know if they're happy. Maybe if you're Logan O'Connor and you score 2 (laughs) short straight-handed goals, you're like, now's my time. Ready
1: for the next PK,
0: let's go. Yeah, Yeah, it's all about confidence, you're right. And then it's also the timing of the penalty. Sometimes it's just not the right timing. You know, (laughs) like you just spend two minutes in your own end, there's no TV timeout, and then you're the goalie, you're tired, you're like, you don't have time to breathe, the next thing you know. five on four and it's a shooting power play and then you're like oh my god and then the puck's in your net right (laughs) the timing of penalties sometimes is is what dictates you know what's going to happen if the puck goes in or not
1: okay uh on that note if you want to take less penalties maybe uh take a book out of soccer's book and (laughs) learn how to dive and get calls Uh, (laughs) look they call it dive grass for a reason that's all i'm saying but If you actually enjoy soccer like we do here at DNVR, you want to go check out our Rapids show uh, as their season is... I think they played last night, right? So it's officially over now. But you can check out our uh, Rapids post-game and post-season show coming from Mitch, Yaya, and Dwayne. They do great work over there uh, through what was a tough season for the Rapids. But there's a lot of awesome storylines going on for real right now in the MLS. Obviously, Messi has been a a great storyline that everyone has been talking about. So if you want to hear... More about that side of Denver sports, highly recommend. You guys go check out The Rapid Show right here on this YouTube channel. You can get access to it, so be sure to like and subscribe here. And then we're also brought to you by MSU Denver. You can turn your goals into greatness at MSU Denver by taking courses both online and in person, however you want to structure your schedule. You can do that with MSU with over 90-plus majors. R. You can even kind of create your own curriculum if you're looking for something specific. So get in on it. I know Tiff, uh, Tiff went there for a while, did her degree out there. I did. Was I it a finished. fun time, Tiff? Uh,
2: yeah, I liked it. I actually liked it a lot more than, like, standard university. So I did I did the whole thing. I did regular university for a year. Wasn't really for me. Did community college. Hated that it felt exactly like high school. <laughs> um, and then I took a little bit of time off, and yeah, I went to MSU. It was nice to just walk around and be downtown and kind of just always be in the thick of it at all times.
1: There you go. So jump on it. You can start or restart your college education over at MSU Denver. Spring 2024 applications are currently open. Uh, Get in on it. Get in on those 90-plus majors and create your own career and turn your dreams into a reality. With MSU Denver, head over to msudenver.edu to learn more today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I don't want to come across as arrogant (laughs) or lording over the Central Division, but... We're four games into the season, and Colorado has already created a four-point gap on some of the teams in the Central. I'm curious where you guys give the credit here. Is this a, hey, the Avs are this good, and they're going to dominate this division, or is this a, hey, the Central division isn't that good this year?
0: Do you want it? I don't... I mean, I'll go first. I'll, I'll let you think. <laughs> um, I do a little bit of both, yeah. right? I, I, I do believe the Abs are... Are that good? I, I, especially now after some real games, right? You know what I mean. On a, on a tough road trip, so to speak. I mean, uh, whatever. Nice road trip. Yeah. Um. Coming home. You you know what you have right now. If you're the coaching staff, and I know you're. We we talked about tinkering with lines, but you know what's at your disposition. You so you know the players by now. Sure. You know your strengths. You know your weaknesses. Which there aren't a lot, uh, and, and then also you know the strength of your division. So which I believe is like you said, you know, average, sure. at best, right? I sure. mean, let's just call a spade a spade. We saw Chicago last night. That's uh, listen. It's not downplaying the Blackhawks, but I mean, they got a long ways to go. Yeah, right. As we saw. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit of both, and I think that's what's going to make the apps so successful. Because, but I I, I think they're so fun. And I think they're so confident. So whether they play a team in the division or, or the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, NHL champs last year, um, I think you're going to see the avalanche when the puck drops that they can play any way you want them to play. I mean, you want to play them tough, they'll play you tough. You want to play them on a track meet, they'll play you on a track meet. Even though Bernard doesn't like it, and he said it again <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> they you know, will which, do it. But they will <laughs> do it. I mean, you got to hold the horses, you know what I mean? Like, But they got the horses to do it, and I I put my money on them, you know what I mean, <laughs> on the track meet. But uh, it's not always the best for coaches. You know, yeah. uh, they have ulcers, you know, when it comes down to games like that. But I believe really, they're so well built. They've done a massive job. And, and, and I think the hungry factor uh, will put them over the top in that division. And, of course, Dallas is a good team. And But it's going to be interesting to see. But it's a little mixture of both from your question, you
1: know, the, the division. Fair enough.
2: yeah. Like, in looking at the teams that we expect to be near the bottom, they're not in that window. It's it's kind of to expectation. Like, I don't sure. think they're falling below it in some way. Um, the one that surprises me most just in the hot start, in a hot take of the starts, yeah. is Winnipeg. And sure. I think they're going to be better than they are right now, but I don't know how much better. And I'm a little interested to see how that plays out. And then the other factor of... It being such a long season and how injury can mm-hmm. completely change the yep. trajectory of any one of these. Colorado teams. should know
1: that as well as anyone. Exactly. Yeah. It makes
2: me just feel like I can't really boldly say anything other than Colorado and Dallas at the top is true. That is real. It's real for a reason. They're going to separate too from these other teams. It's not because they're some of them are I don't like to say bad. They're they're building. <laughs>
1: They're not in their window, as you put it. No, (laughs) no, no, no.
2: I will say St. Louis is bad, though.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, they got dominated by Arizona the other night. It was bad. That team might not be any good. Uh, (laughs) The other part of this that I kind of wanted to talk about, Colorado, one of four teams remaining that is undefeated. At what point does that start to become a thing? Four games being undefeated is cool, but it's not like a streak of real proportions like at 18? that point. Like Yeah, right. Like seven? If you're at seven undefeated defeated games, is that the storyline every single night? At 10? At what point does that kind of take over the story of the season as a whole?
2: What was their home record? Was it like 18 consecutive wins? Is that yeah, what I'm some, getting that number from? It was some outrageous from? number. Was, yeah. That's when
1: I... Two remember. years ago, yeah? Yeah. 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 And they're oh they're 14-0 and 0 on the road in their last 14 road games, which they will get a chance to Improve on not in Carol not against Carolina, but afterward. Do the players even? I mean, obviously they want to win every night, but when you have that media conversation, the media pressure about something like that, at what point do the players have to acknowledge, hey, this is a streak that's out of the norm?
0: Not at four. That's for sure. I'm saying, what would it take to get there? I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, i don't know i think you get to 10 i think it's a good you know? Think, digits. all right You're all right mm-hmm. you know okay. maybe we got all a right. good hey, we are having a good start right now you know right until then it's business-like approach it's like like what mckinnon said oh it's, it's just four games in and and i think coaches will tell you that too every game takes a life of its own and and every road trip takes a life of its own and you know so you just take it and you break it down and but I, I do believe once you get into double digits, you're like, oh, okay, maybe we got something special here. You know what I mean? Like, all oh, right, this is a fun streak. And then, and, and in, in those streaks, usually you always look back, and there's some games that you're like, oh, we should have lost that game. Yeah, we got bailed out by our goalie, or you know, or oh, this bad call saved us, or you know, a, a good call on them. But things like that. So I, I think during a streak, a streak, yeah, we're streaking. Um, during a streak, there's always uh, something that makes you look back. But for the most part. If you've won ten in a row, you've done pretty good things. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I, mean, I think it takes that a lot of good things to win yeah, four in a row, that's let alone what, ten. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it is a tough league. The margin of error is really small. The difference between winning and losing can be very thin at times. And I always compare it to blackjack. Like, you know. I don't know if you play blackjack, but I love blackjack. Sometimes you're like, you know, you're out there and it's like you got you got a nice double down against a 6 and then you just can't win any you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. there's teams that you know they just can't win games and every time there's a turnover pucks in the back of their net yeah, it just goes and then there's them. times that you're you know you get away from stuff and you got uh you know i don't know you got a 6 against a 10 then you end up with 21 and you beat the dealer or whatever it is right yep. you know so yep. <laughs> that's why i always say blackjack you know it's you're doing the right things you 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 can only control so you can much you control though. so yeah. much and and sometimes the outcome's not there And you can't get And I, I think that's where Veteran leadership Not just as players But as coaches You know what I mean That You, you know Sure you, you, you win 7-8 in, in a row And then you lose one And then all hell breaks loose It's You lose track of you just lost one out of nine. Yeah. And if you do that, you're going to finish first in the NHL. Yeah. So let's just relax here. Let's breathe a little bit. You're the best you know hockey I mean? like, team of all time. And that's if you, if you right. Win nine that's out my 10. point. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It's like, really? You know what I mean? So I think it's it comes from leadership at the top, you know, from, from the as management to the coaches to the players. And, and I do believe all three are in sync. And that's what's going to make them really dangerous again this year.
2: I think with the Avs too, they almost have to up the ante of like how they measure their wins because I think it's such an expectation that they're going to win. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's a standard and it's almost an unshakable one. Like even if they were to lose a game, I don't think it would bother them. I think they would find it to feel weird to them and need to immediately address that. Like, <laughs> oh, that did not feel natural. not like, like that. Right, yeah. I need to get back to myself again because that's just <laughs> their standard. Their natural state of being is winning. And so that's why I think, like Eric talked about, how they win is how they start to add the value to the win. Like, sure. was Georgiev a net or did Prozvitov get a start and win that game for yeah. us? That would, I think, be something they get excited around, that win specifically. Was McKinnon in the lineup? Maybe, maybe they had to do a night without him for some reason. And they win. They pull mm-hmm. it out. That's and right. guys like Miles would finally swear. Because you saw how excited <laughs> everybody on the ice was <laughs> they when they thought that, that happened. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that I think are going to make the wins carry more weight for the team because it's just so natural to them as it is.
1: Oh, McKinnon scored two goals again. All right, I guess we win. It's just that right, easy. It's that
2: <laughs> slow song in the locker room. I'm kidding. It's not that slow.
1: <laughs> I hope it's like super slow. <laughs> slow dancing in the locker room after wins. Yeah, let's go. Come on, party in the West USA. Age.
2: I think it should be party.
1: Uh, you did mention Colorado Eagles season opener, not season opener, home opener tonight. Uh, first of all, you can say whatever you want about it, but I also am curious: has a a call up order emerged in your mind? No. Okay, not, <laughs> I didn't yet. think so. It's but a
2: little built from camp at this point, sure. but nothing from the first two games yeah. added any new information. Can... Players look different on that stage in the yeah. American League level. The pace of play, like. I really like Jason Poland yep. preseason and Vegas showcase the little bit that we saw of him. But then in, on the American League stage, I feel like he still needs to find a way to be really visible there. Sure. And that's just through two games. Like it's I'm not going to be dramatic to go, and say that he's disappeared. You know. <laughs> Same for Oscar Olison. Like I, I think they just that's kind of the big thing I'm looking for in tonight when they're in front of their home crowd is how some of these players, Pavel included, who really missed a lot of opportunity to show what he was made of in preseason. This is his opportunity to do it it because you know that is word that gets back to Bednar, right? It's it's a lot of need for these guys to separate themselves from their peers. And that's what I need to see to really help me establish that pecking order. Because if I was forced to do it now, it would be the vets. I would say Peter Holland, I have some trust in. Brad Hunt, I have some trust in. But the young guys haven't done enough yet. And it's two games in for me to put them at the top of the depth chart.
0: But the biggest thing you can do at the American League level when you're young or a rookie or whatever you want to call that, and it's the toughest thing to do, is consistency. Yeah. it's a big word, and it's the toughest thing to do. And you can say, "Wow," you know. Let's say take this week. You know, they had their first couple of games on the road last weekend. And then they have a couple of good practices, and all of a sudden, whoop. Whoop, there's a little dip in your practice. And because you're not used to, you know, full throttle every day, full, you know what I mean? Like so all of a sudden that's what you have to learn. Cause you gotta remember, you want to be the first call up. What have you done for me lately? They don't <laughs> care that you had a yeah. great week last week. It's absolutely it's true. right now. Yeah. It's what have you done for me lately? And and if it's a practice, then it's a practice. And this is a hey, by the way, yeah. We have Megan and you know. Uh, Megan and Rudo, you know, not the opposite. But, uh, you know, they're two left wingers and left shots and and they like to kill penalties. Well, guess what? Who's had the best practices the last couple of days? Because that's what you have to look, you know, back to. They don't care what you did three weeks ago. They don't care what you did in camp. Of course, you leave an impression in camp. But Definitely you have to not show me. Was always bad it, you. it was always a bad practicer. It was <laughs> Megan for sure.
2: But you know what I mean? So you
0: have to show on a daily basis that you're getting there consistently, you know, right. like with your with your your play, your effort, your preparation. And it's hard. It's hard to be a pro. Like I said earlier, I was messing around with the Chevettes, but that's the fun part of the game. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's a tough it's tough because you're in the minors. You're not and you want to be at the top. And the easiest thing to do is to look at those games last night and go, oh, I'm just as good as this guy. I'm just as good as that guy. Right. You can't worry about that. You can control only the controllables. And what you can do is Am I the hardest working guy at practice today for the Eagles? Am I the most consistent guy? And that's what you can do. And that's what you need to do. Once the guys, it gets in their heads, all of a sudden your play shows it. Next thing you know, you're a call-up and you never look back. You know what I mean? It's one thing to be a call-up for a day or two, you know, yeah. for a Compared to not, sticking. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The, the cup is a of coffee. No, that's I right. Love, I love to hear You the don't want to just of, go up yeah. for a
2: cup of coffee. I want to acknowledge, too, Holland is on an AHL contract, yeah. so he wouldn't actually get called up. Yeah. If Chris Wagner were healthy, Riley Tufty is there. Yeah. I think that's like Tufty didn't actually get to be in those games, yeah. but that would probably be who's there. But Caleb Jones comes up in the chat, and I wanted to talk about him because he is new to Colorado. He's new then to the systems and the way in which they like to play. Yep. Yeah. And I thought he had a good weekend, good opening weekend, and that is jumping in newly and learning some of these things newly. I think that even just the flashes of the way I see he likes to play would complement the way that Eagles or Avs like to play. So yeah. I'm high on Jones, and I think it's just a matter of time um, before he gets a look. Like he would because of his NHL experience. I I do view him as a little more pro ready. Uh, yeah than some of the younger guys. He's a young guy himself, so he's not like in the vet category the same way Brad Hunt is, but I do think he'll get NHL games at some point. Um, And I'm excited to see him just get more comfortable with Colorado. 100%
0: you're going to see him. 100%.
1: It's a long year. A a super interesting first test for Schneekloth there with Caleb Jones a little bit as head coach of that team now in kind of the avalanche silo of systems and play. Pretty much everyone else on that team was at training camp. Has gone through the paces of what it's like to play for the avalanche systems with Jones that's a hey I got to teach this guy on the fly
2: yeah and it's such a natural fit so like a compliment to Jones being able to adapt quickly and that will be proven over time too of course. but also it'll be a real testament to Schneecloth and Tim Branham up there working with him directly and getting him bought in with the way that Colorado likes to play because there's a specific type of defenseman that they like and Caleb Jones can fit that bill, but he could be even more effective too, I think, with some of the teaching that happens when players come to Colorado, young or old. There have been defensemen who've gone on to get in NHL games, even the journeyman types that spend a little bit of time in Loveland. And I'm excited to see that.
0: And and I'm going to go with Billy on the chat there. I agree. I'm old school. I I, I think you, uh, nothing's given to you. And you got to you gotta fight for everything. You got to earn everything. And once you do that, then you force management to make decisions. We talked about that in Vegas. I don't care if you're Caleb where he's a bit older or I don't care if you're an 18-year-old. Yeah. You force management to, uh, at the end of the day, you're controlling your own destiny. Your yep. play will, <laughs> will dictate where you end up. Yeah. Nobody's trying to. Screw you! or put you aside. Nobody's. That. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Let's just not play. Oh, he's playing too good. Let's put him aside. Come on, that doesn't <laughs> work, right? I mean, coaches want to win. Yep. Oh, Caleb Jones playing too good right now. I'm not going to play him. <laughs> I'd rather get fired. You know, I got a wife and kids, and you know, I mean, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh, but think I'd about it, right? Get right? Fired. I mean, you know, I, I'm the, I'm old, I'm old school, and you you work for your opportunity, and when your opportunity comes, you jump on it. Yeah. And I do believe Kayla will get here somewhere, somehow, right? At some point. And there's a reason you end up in the minors too. There's a lot of good players in the in mm-hmm. the NHL, and and maybe he, you know he didn't do something that was right last year or whatever. You know what I mean? Like maybe his play wasn't consistent enough. And then you have to regroup and you have to figure it out. And at some point, you make the teams make decisions.
1: Well. If someone is playing bumper cars with your Chevette, <laughs> <laughs> call Bacchus and Shanker today. 222 2222 or go to coloradolaw.net. If you have been injured and it's not your fault, whether that's a car accident, even if it was a rideshare thing, maybe on a scooter's downtown, or even if it was a work accident, Bacchus and Shanker has your back. When you call the two number, you can get a free consultation. They think you have a case, you don't pay anything up front. They don't get paid until you get paid when you win your case, which if they take on your case, you're going to win your case. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the last 25 years, so they're very good at winning court cases. Go check them out. Go to coloradolaw.net. Get your free consultation with the two number. Get over with Bacchus & Shanker because Bacchus & Shanker wins. Uh, and then we're also brought to you by the folks over at, I think this was Breaker Ridge. I can't unlock my phone. It's a clap. Remember Who? That? Remember that? Oh, I was right. Sometimes lucky. Look, go get yourself some Breck brew, whether it's the Broncos Country of Sadness or the Avalanche uh-huh. Amber of Happiness or, you know, you can get their Oktoberfest. You can get some of their fall beers. They got all sorts of flavors, dozens of them, in fact. Also, don't do it. Do not release the Christmas beer until after Halloween. All right. I see some of you guys putting up your Christmas lights already. That's illegal. I cannot agree. put them up before Halloween. <laughs> Get your Breck Brew though. Use the Breck Beer locator online to find them at a local liquor store. They're available in all fifty states. Go to breckbrew.com to find it near you. Uh, all right, we have one super chat, and then we can uh, get into some final thoughts. And mine's Thanksgiving, by the way. After Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. uh. I'm here with that. I was trying to be a little bit generous. it got all to right. be at least after Halloween. Uh, $5 from Melanie says, great start to the season. Thanks for the amazing content. You all rock. Go, Avalanche. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Melanie. Much Melanie. appreciated. Always hanging out in the chat. Uh, okay, Any, anything you guys want to add? Any final thoughts you guys wanted to touch on? Uh, <sighs> I'm sure you've
2: appreciated how good Georgiev has yes, been. Yes, yes. Okay. Lots
1: of Georgiev love on the pod while good, you, were, while you were at practices just and things.
2: excited for the season ahead for him. I thought he had a good body for a class steer, but it just seems like he's taken another step forward. And consistency... Big word. It is. It's going to be important for your give, too, in the workload. It was already pretty heavy last year, yep. so I'm anticipating pretty heavy again this year. Yep. It's going to all come down to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just think he's looked so sharp, and even if he were to have a bad game, it wouldn't change how I feel about him right now. Oh,
1: yeah. One bad game, no. No. I think there's a pretty strong argument. He may already be the third-best goalie in Avs history, and by the end of the season, there could be an argument that he's the second-best. Probably not going to catch that top guy, but not.
0: Hey, <laughs> oh, you never know. Well,
1: right? if he does, then in a decade we're wow. going to be pretty happy, folks. Yeah. Here at yeah. TMBR, I think. But uh yeah, he's been great.
0: Yeah, he has. And okay. then tomorrow should be fun. Yeah. Again, I, I I think. Yeah. You know, today an optional skate, right? Yeah. So some guys, you feel the right to, you know, take care of your body and not get on the ice, and that that's everybody's different and.
1: Well, you got to find that rest where you can. That's when it. You're at home for three it's, it's, days it, it, of the first three weeks and, of the season. And I'm sure know. the
0: message was if you want to skate, of course, if you're a scratch, you got to skate. Yeah, and, and well. But hey, if it's whatever's going to make you feel the best tomorrow. You know yep. what your body needs. And if you need, uh, and again, that's where Joe Sackett was absolutely crazy and he'd be do heavy, frigging deadlifts and, <laughs> and squats on morning skates. I mean, yep. I've never seen anything like it. He didn't go on the ice for morning skate, but he would do heavy, and I say heavy. Heavy Mm -hmm. squats Mm -hmm. and everybody was like, What? You know, you're you're supposed to conserve your energy. Mm -hmm. No, that's what made him feel good. So but I want to wish Megan The best of luck on the highway going up to Loveland (laughs) right now. Coming up, it's three twenty. It's gonna be outstanding. There won't be anybody on the highway going up by twenty-five to Loveland. Um, You wish tonight. (laughs) Yeah, gonna be a very easy ride. (laughs) Oh, you got the toll (laughs) pass. There you go. There you
1: go. The four seventy drive is way better than twenty-five. Just throwing it out there. Yeah,
0: I I go backdoor all the
2: time. I only just discovered this going up for the Great Game, Um, and I loved it. I was like, this feels really close (laughs) to me. (laughs) Should I be coming more? i shouldn't i shouldn't but it, i loved it
0: oh uh, my mother-in-law does it all the time i've been like what so many years and about well, 25 years married but i'm sure she's been coming down to denver for longer mm. than that i don't know how to do it like <laughs> oh my god sometimes you're just like yep. whoa three four times a week you're like you are nuts
1: all right we'll get out of here before the rough hour traffic we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us today I don't know. Some people might consider tomorrow the first real test for Colorado against Carolina, even though they've been kind of bad to start the year. Uh, either way, we will be live, pregame, watch-along, postgame, all that goodness for you tomorrow. So tune in. We appreciate y'all. Check out thednvr.com, all of Megan's stuff, all AJ AJ's stuff, uh, all of Eric's stuff here on the pod too. So like, subscribe, do all that. We love you. Goodbye.